0: Echoes of Glory.
1: And don't forget, whatever happens, the future's bright. Future's lily white. Come on your Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season ten, episode twenty-one. I'm Jack. I'm state. And joining us today is Richard, the West Bromwich Albion fan. Welcome Richard to Echoes of Glory.
2: Thank you very much. It's uh, it's an honor. To be as uh, part of this podcast, you've actually,
0: you been spoken about before because you are the fan that I go to game the West Brom games with, home yeah. and
2: away. We talk about you, so uh, yeah. So I actually exist. I'm not yeah, a you exist. Yeah. <laughs> West Brom fan.
1: Everyone has one, don't they? Yeah. Um, when we normally have people on for the first time, Richard, we always try to find out a little bit about like how have they got into football. Normally, we sort of say to them, how have you, you know become a Spurs fan but obviously, being a West Brom fan um we'd sort of like to know the same thing really so like why is it that you're into football and how is it that you've come to to follow west Brom
2: okay well um it, 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 yeah it goes back an awful long way when i was when I was a little kid, um football was uh in a good moment, I think, very early 1970s, lots of great players around and lots of kind of um, little gifts that you can get from petrol stations, uh, little stickers in bags and coins that my dad would bring home when he got petrol. And I, I loved all the collector albums and so on. So I, I, I was a really big football fan till, till about the age of 20. And then I kind of slightly lost it. And then we had um, a lodger that Andrew knows Warren, he got me back into football, I think. And then from about 28, 29, I got back into it. Um, Now, uh, the West Brom allegiance comes partly because they had a good team in the early 70s. Mm. (coughs) And partly, and then this is um, a sad confession and quite a lot of people know this. This is at, at the geekier end of the spectrum. I was quite a bird watcher when i was six Mm. um and because as i was saying you'd get the the badges in little sachets from the petrol station you're really kind of immersed in what badges look like and the west brom throstle was particularly appealing to me and uh, i know there are plenty other teams with um birds on their badges so i had a range but it was west brom i particularly liked the look of and i I really from the age of six selected west brom as my team and i'm you know for but good and ill, you are who you choose forever, aren't you? So, um, you know, that's, that's, that, 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 that's remained with me. I've mm. even told that story, here's my my claim to fame, to Peter Wingy, who I, <laughs> randomly, I was in a hotel lobby and I wanted to go to the loo and um, I, uh, I, I was working on my laptop and I looked around, saw a, a group of guys and I just asked them to keep an eye on my laptop whilst I went to the loo rather than close it all up and all that. Mm. Whilst I was in the loo, sorry if it's too much information, I thought that guy looks awfully like Peter Odenwingi. And uh, so, so I, I, when I came out, I said, are you Peter Odenwingi? And he said, I am. And he introduced He was with um, um, uh, friends, all Nigerian friends who were playing in the English League. And we got chatting and he asked why I was a West Brom fan as well. Though I was in Birmingham at the time. So, it's, you know, it was, it was reasonable to guess there might be reasons that weren't around bird watching. But that's what it was.
1: I thought you were going to say he bumped into Peter Wingy in a car park on transfer deadline. Uh,
2: I, you, we, we don't mention that. <laughs> <laughs> that's he's brilliant.
0: He's retired now. He's 39. I didn't realise. Yeah, he, he, he
2: occasionally he's, gets commentary gigs, doesn't he? He's very nice, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: feel like his career sort of collapsed after that car park, car park gate. anyway. You <laughs> can't really come back from that, can you? you car park gate, gate. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it um that's brilliant that's such a, a unique way of like picking a team and following them like I've not heard anything like that that's fantastic um and how about some of the best games that you've been to over the years like what ones or best games that you've seen what ones sort of stand out to you in in memory as the
2: top ones um a one one game that I just can play in my mind over and over again is oh I want to say about 2012 West Brom versus Liverpool right at the beginning of the season. Um, uh, beautiful weather uh, Liverpool weren't quite the Liverpool they are now but still a good team and we beat them 3-0 and probably my favourite player of all time uh, not n- partly because of his personality was Zoltan Gira uh, and he scored an absolute screamer um, It was like a
1: half volley wasn't it
2: from like 30 yeah. yards, yeah I remember yeah. Beautiful goal and it was it, it, if you could kind of bottle a moment of football wonderfulness yeah. That that precise moment was just there. Was there was Josh and it's was oh, just fantastic. It's really really good.
0: Brendan Rodgers' first Premier League game as Liverpool manager, by the looks of things. Uh,
2: uh, is that
0: is that the Steve Clark days at West Brom? Uh, it Looks like he, he was new yeah. at Albion as well.
2: Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So um, Roy Hodgson had left West Brom in quite good shape. Mm. Uh, I like Steve Clark, but I think he inherited a good team and a good system. Mm. Um, and uh, we we got uh, we got up to third at about in about November of that year we're in third position you know lofty talk of Champions League so, yeah. <laughs> and so on.
0: Yeah, Lukaku then didn't you firing on all cylinders? He was great for you then. Lukaku was That's with you right. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Was that the same season where you played Fergie in his on the last day in mm-hmm. the last game I mean, it was five five or something? Oh,
2: yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't there. A good friend of mine was there, yeah. he still
1: still talks about it whenever he gets a chance. Oh, yeah, no. like you you just you could watch football for sort of like fifty sixty years, and you're probably never going to go to a five all like yeah. that. Scoreline just doesn't happen, does it? Yeah. Every now and then you get a crazy four four, but five five. Like that's was right, is that no. the only time ever in the Premier League? Isn't it that that's been the score? It it
0: must have been.
3: Been. Yeah,
0: yeah. Can we talk about how lovely West Brom's ground is as well. It feels quite patronising, and I don't mean it like that. It's it's. It's it. There's a lot of cookie cutter stadiums out there, or stadiums out there now, right? Which all look the same. Like they all look like the Amex or the Stadium Light or whatever. But it's really nice and lovely. It feels like it's proper football. You know, the the West Brom stadium, and it's worth. It's worth shouting about. Cause we, I mean, I've been there with Jack. I've been there with you. It's just nice. It
1: reminds me of White Hart Lane, and I really miss White Hart Lane. It's a good experience as an away fan as well. Like certain grounds you go to are just more enjoyable as an away supporter. And like, I remember the West Brom. Like it was quite hostile. Like and like that's. But when you're an away fan and you're going to games, like that's the type of thing you want. Like you want it to be a bit aggressive and a bit edgy. Like I think when when I went there, it might have been when you had Pulis. And it was like it was you know it was physical football like it was just a tough game. It ended up being a draw when um mm-hmm. when I went up there. Remember Alley scoring a goal where Alderweireld played a brilliant like sixty yard ball over the top and he just sort of took it over his shoulder and scored. It was a brilliant goal. And um I think it might have been James McLean that might have equalised for West Brom. It was like it was a pretty <laughs> a pretty ugly game of football. Um yeah. but great as an away fan. It's a it was a brilliant day out. I've seen I've seen Tottenham West Brom
0: nine times and I've seen seven draws. <laughs> and they all won
1: all as well it feels like there's a lot of 1-1 draws 2-2, 1-1, one 3-3, 1-1, 1-1, one yeah that's brilliant Um, and then a slightly left field question for you Richard obviously as you're a West Brom fan who are some Spurs players sort of currently or from over the years that you've sort of looked at and thought yeah like I, I quite like what they're about um,
2: currently currently I mean um, it, it, it's so obvious to say it but your front two are, are really quite useful yeah. I love I, lo- you know i think uh, i i do have this like thing that just because something's obvious people feel embarrassed saying it but kane is an extraordinary player yeah. um, and son is a pure delight and they work wonderfully together um ndombele i like um mm. i think he's a really good player i i enjoyed watching him over the years over the years um Luka Modric, uh, was, he had certain qualities uh, Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: pretty extraordinary. Um, going back further, um, Darren Anderton, and I was very fortunate. Yeah, good player. <laughs> and I could almost, almost remember Martin Chivers just about oh, yeah. getting my stickers and so on. Uh, <laughs> so he was very good. Um yeah, a very early bail. I mean, I, I, I presume you were there, Andrew, when um, he scored an incredibly good goal against West Brom, and there was a there was kind of an audible gasp around the stadium. It's one of those ones where he just was on the right, cut in on the left, and then sends this ball yeah. into the top so it was, to was, That run. was one 0 that game. It was, it was, was
0: one 0
3: That was, was that, the one.
0: Off, he? I was sat next to you, and that was the one where we were sort of on the halfway line with the Spurs fans to our right we were in that half grey half black kit and that was the one where someone had been looking at us two because neither of us sound brummy at all but um and we are taller than everybody in that crowd (laughs) as well and um he he went hey this one's a Cockney I was like there's so many things wrong with that Spurs aren't Cockney I'm not from London, but I get what you're saying.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's
1: some great players you mentioned there, though, Richard, that have played for Sophia. So that's uh, that's great. I guess what we should do now is talk a little bit about the game, right, at the weekend. So it, it was Spurs 2, West Brom nil. Um, I, I was quite nervous going into the game, I'm not going to lie. Like, we've been on a, a pretty tough run, Spurs. I mean, I know West Brom have not, have not been on a great one going into it either, so it felt like... Something had to give for one of the two teams going into it. And then um, I was just saying to ASD before we start recording, like, I thought we played fairly well in the first half, but it, you had that chance right on half time when header. And I thought it's, this feels like it could be one of those games. This, yeah. if that had have gone in right on half time, the second half would have been very, very messy. Oh, yeah.
3: um,
1: but I don't know, it, it just sort of felt like. From my point of view, watching the West Brom's game plan clearly was sit back, defend, soak up pressure, which I thought in the first half he did pretty well. Um, but it almost felt like when you come out in the second half, like there wasn't the aim of like getting to full time. Does that make sense? It was sort of mm-hmm. like it's always first 15 minutes and then get to half time, and then it was just sort of felt like there wasn't that much of a game plan from West Brom in the second half. But I thought we created a decent amount of chances, probably enough to win the game by a couple of goals, but um. It was a good performance from us. Like I see a lot of Spurs fans on Twitter sort of raving about, it, and I was like, it was good, but like we were we're playing a, we're playing a side that you know we would, at home that we'd be expecting to win. So I don't want to really get too carried away, but it was pretty big for us to to get that three points because if a, a draw would have just you know we'd have been so far off of the top four that we that we really needed that. So I, I was relatively happy with it, but like I said, it was the type of performance and result that I expected going into the game, but. What about from your point of view? Like, how did you feel that, that West Brom played? Do you feel like you deserved something from the game?
3: Um,
2: it was... Uh, no, I don't think we deserved something from the game, but I think it was a slight upturn in performance against some absolutely harrowing ones over the last few weeks. It was... Yeah. we. You're quite right. There was a real concentration in the first half. Um, and then... Uh, and, and some good individual performances. No one especially... Uh, sort of stood out I, mean, I i i i we were all right and then in the second half it was very frustrating the second goal was um the, the classic thing of we of, we had a very good um i think connor gallagher had um created a situation where we had a very promising free kick and they took it really quickly mm. and messed up and then i think that quite quickly led to the second goal but um it, uh, the, uh, the frustrations i i it was a reasonable performance but there are wider frustrations that i might uh mm-hmm. is this an appropriate time to no, my great. wider frustrations the the um i mean I, i'd be very interested in getting your um whether there's any analogy from spurs point of view i i've kind of trying to think of um A phrase for this idea, and it—I've come up with, um, if this isn't too uh, pretentious—a concept that I'm going to call reputational insulation. And what I mean by it is, um, Sam Allardyce comes in, and he's—he's got this track record of never having been relegated. Now, it's different from having won lots of trophies that Mourinho has. But what that allows him to do is to, when it goes wrong, is to sort of say, Not my fault, you know, because I always keep teams up. There must be something wrong with the players. And there's a distancing, an insulation that goes on that that makes a gap between him and the players. I think it's a really dangerous thing to do um, because you you make a gap with the players. You also make a gap with the fans because it looks like he doesn't really give a damn. And a lot of the West Brom fans, the thing that most upset them in that game is where he does that really weird he does that phony throw-in. Yeah. At a certain point, it's almost like, you know, what do I care anymore? You know, this team are going down. It, it, let's have a few laughs. Uh, and it it it's only, you know, in a way he's earned the right on one level because he's he's got this record of never being relegated. So a, a manager who hasn't done that wouldn't be so arrogant. But mm. it is. It's distressing slightly to see he sort of he, the way his the language he uses is sort of you know the, the penny has to drop with the players so it, it, it's like abrogation of responsibility which is I think very problematic and under Bilic, uh we we had a manager we really liked it, we were probably still going to be relegated but there was a kind of sense of identity a sense of someone that people really felt a loyalty to and it, it, it's just it's a pretty discouraging moment at the moment for West Brom. I like the players, um, but most of them are very, very good championship players, and yeah. it's it's a hard step up, uh, and they have found that this season.
0: It's a massive parallel between exactly what you're talking about and what we see here, where you've where we've lost an enigmatic manager who had a real connection with the fans, who was there, and even in moments of failure where it was going bad there was still some love in what what was there and what the football meant to that person and what that person wanted to bring to the fans and then a manager who is distancing himself from the club and the players and his responsibility if we're being honest like there is a there is a salmon and jose aura and he's never been relegated, but i that England debacle that he went through mm-hmm. is is worse, so I know technically he's never been relegated, but he's been relegated from football ethics so i I think that's fine <laughs> and I tell you what the, you know there was a wonderful thing that happened on the weekends for as a Welshman where Scotland went to Twickenham and they beat England
2: I and
0: it. right, and it was great and but the the thing that I heard from Eddie Jones. I'm not sure if you heard his comments. I got that. I made a note of them because he the first thing he said was I accept defeat. We were a long way off our best and as head coach I take responsibility for that. He says it is what it is. I accept not getting the players right for this match. We did not perform at the level we intended to. And that That change that's a whole different dynamic. It it releases the players. It shows you that that shows all the fans that who's in charge, who's got responsibility. And I feel both teams are missing that at the minute. And it it I mean the match on to the match, the, the I mean with all due respect, it is one of the worst teams in the league. If not the worst, if there was a t like Liverpool needed to come and play Spurs just to just to go and beat an awful team. We needed to we needed someone like West Brom just to break our current sty of awful yeah. results and performances. And it, it was one of those ones where I think just quality just shone through. And but those diagonal balls from where you had the free kick, uh into the the far post were destroying us. It was really weird. Like it's that our, our centre backs can't couldn't just turn and deal with it. You were getting and they had the had a goal disallowed, didn't you? The, the offside goal.
2: Yeah, uh, it, it's our new player Diagne. Um, yeah. who was offside twice. Um, and he, ha- he you know, he's he's an alaity target man in a sense, yeah. which we didn't have before. Um, so there is a there is a method there. It's quite utilitarian but it's it's oh, it was there's, almost there's far
0: something. I think it looks quite good, you know. Yeah.
2: Mm. Well, I, I was frustrated. West Brom's best um creative player by some distance is Mateus Pereira and he yeah, it is it's... extraordinary they didn't start him. He's been very good this season. He's on a good run at the moment. And he came on and looked good, you know, as he always does. And he's sort of one of the few players who is comfortable on the ball and has a bit of time, um, and it, we, you know, we were desperately short of that, um, and so I, I, it was frustrating on many levels. I thought it was
1: really strange he didn't play because it's like I, w- I feel like I would have understood it more if you'd have come into this game and you were keeping clean sheets and it was difficult to score. But it was like you coming into this game, like West Brom knew they would have going to they were going to have to score two, probably three goals to get anything out of the game. Yes, yeah. it's, it's like it's not as if you're a rock solid side now. So I, I saw that team and I was just like. I can't believe he's not in the side. Like, he's going to be the one. If they're going to score, he's going to be involved in it, either putting the ball in the net or playing the pass. It just sort of, it baffled me a little bit. But I wanted to ask you about the playing style of Sam Allardyce because obviously he's labelled, isn't he, as a route one manager and it's like, if it moves, kick it. Like, is the football, is it that bad? Like, have you seen a big change between Billich Gunn and him coming in? Um,
2: the, uh, I think... I had feared worse, actually, and um, maybe it was because the season has been so strange in many ways. That sort of under Pulis, because Pulis was quite successful, it got to you more and more every month that passed because we were there in sort of 16th, 17th position in the Premier League with an incredibly predictable and well-executed game plan. Um, it was more erratic under Bilic. Um and um, there were last season in the championship and it's obviously easier. There were some games that were just absolute poetry, beautiful games where Pereira and Diangana were in their pomp and it just looked beautiful. And then he tried that initially in the Premier League and we got a fantastic game. We got walloped 5-2 at Everton and it was just mm-hmm. a brilliant game. You know, It, it was very, you know, I didn't feel too bad because it was just such good fun. And then Bilic started being a little bit more conservative anyway, and Allardyce is definitely more conservative. Mm. There have been some halves, including, appallingly, a half against Fulham where they they didn't get out of their own half. You know, mm. it was just unbelievably sort of nine behind the ball stuff, and it, it, it there's just no way out. It's, it's really, it really doesn't it doesn't work over ninety minutes. Um, but there have been some performances where um, the best game was. Under uh, Allardyce was against Wolves, and there was real ambition there. And it wasn't yeah. all agricultural big balls up, you know, to, yeah. to, to run on to because we don't really have those players who could run on to it. So it, it, there had to be more creativity. And there's been little bits here and there, it hasn't been quite as dire to watch from a stylistic point of view it's been tired to watch because we've pretty much lost every game but uh that,
1: that's that's uh, interesting though because it's like from hearing what you say there like that could be a spurs fan talking about jose and it's like and there's certain games where we struggle to get out and you just sort of you're scratching your head thinking why are we playing this way and then a personnel change or a tactics change and it's a different team that come out it's Like i watched the west Brom fulham game the other week and it was one else full at half time, wasn't it? And whatever changed at half time, and you scored two goals in the first 15 minutes, and you think, here we go. And then you sat in and conceded the equalise. And it's like, uh, I think there were quite a lot of similarities, really, between like some of the results and the conflict in styles and fans' opinions and, like, between the two sides, which I think is very interesting. Um, ASD and I were chatting uh, yesterday, and we were sort of saying, are, are you as a supporter willing to sort of like give up style in order for success? Because we have this debate all the time, and that, that was under Poch, you know, it's going back a few seasons because towards the end it was pretty poor, but, like, under him it's like we had brilliant style and we were great to watch and you really believed in it, but we didn't quite achieve what we wanted to achieve and then we've sort of gone the other end now and we're willing to sacrifice everything in order for success. So where where do you sort of sit as a supporter on that on that scale?
2: Yeah, I, and I, I, I think I would... It's an unresolved issue, and it's probably why you do come back to it again and again. Because I think there is something, you know, the, the limit of a West Brom fans' ambitions is probably to come sort of eight or something, and that feels lovely. And maybe one day to get into the Europa League. If if we did that, playing very very poolist esque football, I would probably admire the kind of grim economy of it all. You know, there, there, there is something. There, there was the odd poolist game where. A brilliantly executed defensive mindset has yeah. its own sort of minimalist gray aesthetic that is fire yeah. in a way it, if, if it works you can just about yeah. get there
1: it's like it's so bad that it's good
2: isn't yeah, it? exactly yeah. yeah. And, and it's also the foil i mean i think i think there is something to be said for if every team played like liverpool and liverpool aren't playing like liverpool at the moment but if every team played like liverpool where it would get rather dull you know where would the contrast be and so you do need a bit of yin and yang in all this i think the the if if you play utilitarian football and it goes well that's one thing if you play um more creative football and it doesn't go well you could probably live with that when you play utilitarian football and it goes badly mm-hmm. that's a horrible place in the in the kind of y and x axis mm-hmm.
3: that, yeah that's
2: that's what we it dread, and that's where the fans start to desert and get really depressed. Yeah. And, you know. it, it doesn't
0: leave any other option does it because it has to work because y- you sacrificed everything for that, and we're we're absolutely in that place you've it's, isn't it the worst start for a manager in Premier League history as well like it's it's something like eighty eight goals or isn't it now n- it's just it's not 88 goals it's just a crazy amount yeah (laughs) (laughs) on tv they said 88 goals in 10 games and i I was trying to work out it can't be
2: (laughs) i think it is actually i think i've seen them all and the trouble is um you know because of um you know this strange season of every game being available to watch it's it's um the kind of well, I've mean, It's been a really immersive experience into how harrowing this season is. Yeah. I, I would normally only get to see one in every five or six, or on the telly, you know. But
0: mm. they're all of it.
2: Right? It's so, horrible, isn't it? If
0: I yeah. dread watching Spurs now. It's awful. I just, I just hate it. I really, really dislike <laughs> watching Spurs. I hate that it's on. I hate that I have to feel like I like it. I have to then, and you know what's coming. The, there used to be old the. Europa League games where you knew exactly what was going to happen with Spurs. You mm. knew what it was going to be a, a one and a half team or a B team, but maybe slightly better than the B team. Then you'll have a team from literally Azerbaijan or Russia come up. No disrespect to them, and it would be a really hard slog. You might go one nil down, and then you someone will come on, Jermaine Defoe will come on, and it would be two one get, by get the get end. A penalty and get yeah, a penalty, yeah. and it would just be awful. And you get he'd finish at five past ten. And you wouldn't get back home till one o'clock. And it was just, you knew exactly what you were in for. And that's what it feels like with Spurs at the minute. You just know what's going to happen. And it's not fun. And I sort of dread it. I'm, I enjoy watching all other teams more now.
1: What did you think, ASD, of the, of the game against the like, Spurs? We, we happy with how we played. Because it did definitely feel like we were more on the front foot than what we had been in the last... Ten or eleven games, and I know that you the argument is against that, that opposition. You would expect us to be, but we haven't. We haven't really been playing like that. So I, I was quite pleased with how we approached it. And I thought Lamella actually had a good game, and I don't like Lamella, but I thought he played pretty well. He, found, well, yeah.
0: he found his level. With all due respect to West Brom, he found his level. He's, he's, <laughs> and that would be fine if that was consistent. It's like when when Spur, when Liverpool beat us. It was like Liverpool are back and the, the media was like, the trend has changed, even though they've been trending downwards. Now everything's going to get better and it hasn't. They've just been hammered by um, uh, City. And it, it's a bit like that. We, we, the long term trend is awful for Spurs. Like we we did play Chelsea. We lost to Chelsea. That was a dreadful, embarrassing, mm. humiliating game. Now, weirdly, my mate who's who's a Chelsea friend. He was quite embarrassed by the result as well because they didn't do anything apart from... Mm. The penalty, which was, and actually, I was reading. Dyer is response. What was a mistake from Eric Dyer is directly
1: responsible for sixty percent of the goals that we've conceded this this season, which he is more. Just, than... he just he he just can't be being played at the moment. Like I I like Eric Dyer, but he cannot be anywhere near the team at the minute. It's like I like what he brings in terms of his character and that, but sometimes when a player's playing that badly, you just like there's he can't be in the side. Like no. he, yeah. he has to be like at the minute he doesn't even make the squad for me. Like oh. his form is that bad at the minute, but yeah, he he's, he seems to keep being picked, he's, which is head He's scratcher. good at a couple of things, but he's not
0: brilliant at either. Well, he's not brilliant at defensive midfield or centre back. So, he, I would we did this last week. I'm, I'm going to get angry again. I would clear out half this squad with no no problem. I would clear out half, and I'm talking fifteen. The first fifteen, I'd clear out at least half of them. And the match, I mean. If we'd lost, it would have been awful. I
1: think Jose's job would have been on the line if if we'd lost. I, I genuinely think a, a defeat against West Brom and then losing to Everton in the cup, that I think he'd have been gone. I really do. Which is mad. And it's like we could go on a run now. And if we win the next four or five games, then all of a sudden it's like oh, you know, you're fourth in the league, you're in all the cups. Like what a brilliant season this could be. It's like it's really difficult this season. I think for supporters of all clubs to be able to not be emotional and to keep perspective that everybody's having a bonkers season yes. so liverpool have lost three home games in a in a row and it's like I that thought, has happened since, like, the 70s, they were saying. They're,
0: they're just 29 bad. points behind where they were this, yeah. this time last season. 29. Be, <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. But the the thing, I think one thing we have, we've got to mention is, like, everybody in the real world is struggling now. And, mm-hmm. You know, everybody is is having a really tough time mentally, mm-hmm. physically. They're locked in. They've got relatives who are struggling. And if you think a lot of these people are from different countries or they're from, Working-class families are who also who are going to be finding it tougher than a lot of people in other situations. So, or they can't go home and see their, their family. I haven't been home to Wales in over a year. I miss it. Imagine that like, you can't go home to South Korea, you can't go home to France if you're a young man. And that will impact. It, that will impact you. Now, it doesn't matter if you earn a million pounds. You, it's still trauma. And so you, you've going to. I, I do appreciate that, and I've got empathy for that situation. On the flip side. I, I hate it. <laughs> we, should, we 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 des- we deserve to we deserve to be at West Brom, and it, it was great to see Kane start. You know they they hinted at it the day before because Kane's boots were in one of the Instagram posts and all this sort of stuff. He was rusty and suddenly his his
1: sights aligned and he I mean mm-hmm. he could have scored a couple. You uh, just see what he brings to us, don't you? Like I know in the first half his finishing was way off, but like we're just such a better team with him. Like. It's just, it's mad watching what he does to the whole side. Like, mm. just having that focal point up front, that guy that sets the tempo, it's like, it's it's Ooh. incredible. He makes everybody else a better player. Like, I genuinely think you could put him in any football team in the world, and that whole team all of a sudden is just transformed and is so much better. And you just, those type of players just don't come around very often. No, peak.
0: I was trying to think of players who who have done that much for Spurs. It, and Peak Bale didn't do that because he was quite selfish with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kane just brings everybody along with him. It, I, he's the most incredible footballer I've seen, and it's a shame that it it needs him to do it. Mm-hmm. I thought Mora had a dreadful game again. He just he does this, this thing where he just runs into alleyways with nowhere to go. Looks like he's trying hard, but it's got despite the size of his head, got, it doesn't seem to have a brain in it. Like, it's it's absolutely crazy. And there's bits where he's on the edge of the box and his close control is brilliant. We saw that for the goal. We saw it against Ajax. Like, all of that stuff. But every his decision-making is poor. I really want to like him. And I think I would if I met him. I just
1: don't want to see him play the Spurs. He's an, he's an instinctive player, isn't he, for mm. me? It's like, I, I always liken him to Wilfred Zaha. And I'm like, if you give him time to make a decision, he'll always make the wrong one. But mm. if you throw him into a scenario in the game where he's just got to do something Off the cusp. He's brilliant at it, and it's like I was quite pleased to see him in the lineup because what he does do, he takes risks with the ball. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes him infuriating because sometimes you think just lay it off and make a run, like what you're doing, but then every now and then he'll he'll go past three or four and create an opportunity. So he's one of them players for me. Like I, I don't think he's particularly liked by the majority of Spurs fans. I think people find him a little bit frustrating, but. I like, I, I feel like you need a bit of an unpredictable player just for moments Absolutely. where, he, you, you know, you, you're going to get moments of brilliance for him, but you're going to get way, way, way more moments of frustration, but well, it's just worth really willing to put up with a two.
0: Mourinho's plan, I mean, th- there's lots of people saying that his plan isn't that defensive block where you play on the break. The, the, the And when you're playing like that, you need unpredictability. Uh, to, to win because you need that moment to break out where they don't know what, what's going to happen. He can bring that. On the flip side, when Stephen Bergwijn came on, he made a big impact. I, I think he's an absolutely fabulous player, Steven B. He's, he's, he's different. He replaced Lamella. I think he's different to Bergwijn. He's not as uh, to Lucas, but he's not as fast. But he's a really clever footballer, I think. And it's a it's a very big difference. Um, and it was good to see Dane Scarlett uh Richard 93. 16 years old. 16, and he's uh, a bit... He's,
2: yeah, I, I, I've n- not heard of him. So, yes, I, I saw him come on. And, he's, yeah.
0: he's brilliant. But Hoiberg, his stats were unbelievable. I just... He he is what they, they, Arsenal want party to be. He is what City want Rodrigo to be. I, I, he's unbelievable. He's And yeah. did you see that thing sorry the riggugulion said he was he did an interview before the game and he was talking about when he was coming in the first player to talk to him Hoiberg and he sent him a long text saying welcome to Spurs we're looking forward to you we need your work and gave him a breakdown of the boss and every other player and just said right. this is what we expect
1: unbelievable he's 24. So good like he, he 100% like at some point will be a captain of Spurs like uh, uh, definitely. The
2: manager I, he, uh, I, he, he, he ha- emanates that uh, you sort of roll forward 20 years he'll yeah. be an imperious manager I, he's very very impressive I thought it's extremely clever bit of business to mm because well, he's not he, on highlights reels he, he he rarely shows but he is an excellent player and yeah. um yeah he was excellent against us he's been really good all season hasn't he it's my yeah, he, he has yeah. I think
1: it was important for him to play well against West Brom because him and Sissoko against Chelsea I mean everyone played poorly against Chelsea but I thought that the two central midfielders against Chelsea were particularly poor so I, I it was a big game for him and it was like there's just a lot more strings to his bow than I think people give him credit for. I think like he's perceived to just sort of be a tough tackling midfielder, which for the majority of, of, of his time he is. But like his range of passing is fantastic. Like, you saw the ball the ball through onto the Kane goal. Like when he does get further up the pitch, like he can play. He's just so good at winning it back and organising that he never really gets that far forward. But brilliant bit of business for us, definitely. I mean to say, make a note on Harry Kane, two
0: hundred and eighth goal, he's on a Is on two goals every three games, equaling Bobby Smith's um, goal, in exactly the same amount of goals. He's he's just behind Jimmy Greaves now.
1: It's only a matter of time, isn't it? Like, genuinely, like, it's just that his goal-scoring record is so good that he'll surpass that. He'll surpass Alan Shearer in the Premier League. Like, there's nothing other than a real horrific injury. Like, nothing else really can stop him because he's such a complete striker. Do you know what I mean? It's not like... um, it's not as if he relies on pace or there's an attribute which is like if that goes he's had it like he can do it all. So I, I genuinely think he will go and score so many goals.
2: And also he seems to kind of be reinventing himself. So he's playing in a slightly different way, in a slightly different position. And I think even when he gets older again, he'll find a way uh, to to be. Thinking of the Mark Three Kane, mm. we're into Mark Two, which is a very classic era, and there'll be a Mark Three Kane. Will he'll. Rely on running even less at some point, and just brilliant positioning and brilliant technique.
0: Can I just, last, I mean, last time we talked about West Brom a lot. The kit is that a normal second colour, the the red and yellow? Uh,
2: no, no, not really. I mean, it, it's a sort of, uh, it, it's a kind of bouncing off the green and yellow. That's that's very uh. kind of iconic. So it's, I, I think it was there was a red and yellow barcode oh, one back in the sort of the 90s so it, 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 it's using the kind of the barcode stuff from the 90s and it's mm. I think the red and the yellow was a kind of an alternative to the green and the yellow and the green and the yellow is very embedded in West Brom consciousness uh, but it's okay. kind of pretty uh, heavy on the eyes isn't it uh, yeah I see your your fellow players quite well
0: I liked how you the uh, sponsor Matches the colour. It's it's a big deal to me, and it it, it works, so I'm I'm all right with it. <laughs> uh,
1: should, we, should we talk a little bit about players that have played for both sides? So I know yeah. you've done a little bit of research on this. I've haven't you? A little so do You want to you want to throw a few names at us, maybe, and we can talk about players that play for both teams. Yeah.
0: When we say research, I've googled it and gone to the first link. So it's uh. So whilst, to...
1: whilst doing a nine to five job and homeschooling and all that, so credit to you. Well, yeah. yeah. Man. Uh, some surprising names.
0: So, there's only one player um, who moved from Spurs to West Brom. Richard,
2: do you know who he is? Um, i put you on the we'll spot here. We've met Liverpool. Pardon? We've met in Liverpool. Liverpool. From Spurs to West Brom. Oh
0: France. yeah, sorry, yeah. This that's a good point. All right, this article's immediately wrong. Um, Rule Fox. Rule
2: Fox. Yes. So oh, Gareth
1: Crooks. NASA Chadley as well. Did he go from? This article is very old then. <laughs> 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 Let me have a look.
0: Um,
2: yeah, Garth Crooks. that's about what they, Yeah, it's true. I Chadley. Chadley, I love Chadley.
1: He yeah, was, I was going to ask was. about Chadley. I was going to ask about Chadley. Like, what were your thoughts? Because. He was quite good for Spurs. Like he, he didn't cost a lot of money when we got him. Like he played quite a lot under AVB. Um, like he was decent. He scored some big goals for us. Like I think like we all quite liked him. And then when he went, it was a little bit like, okay, he's not a first team player, but like that's a decent squad player that we've lost. I mean, I remember as he and I talking and being like, that's a great buy for West Brom. Like that, that's fantastic. And didn't he go on a decent run as well to start? I remember him scoring a couple of goals against West Ham in a game.
2: Yeah, it, it, Um, I, I thought he was great. And he had some spectacularly good games. I mean, he was one of those players who had a kind of laconic style rather than a, sort of a box. He wasn't box to box, really, you know, he was more elegant than that. And, you know, so it, there was a bit of a kind of, kind of I, I. I didn't share this view, but some fans felt that his kind of heart wasn't never really in it. He was sort of. Sort of, he considered himself a bit above West Brom, and so on. that was a bit of a kind of a narrative that was going on. But just to have someone so really good on the ball is relatively rare for a team like West Brom. So I loved it when he played for us. It wasn't very long, actually, was it? I think um, season and a half or something. It was, mm, yeah. it was a sign of you know where we once were that we could attract a Chadley. We were mm. struggling now. Yeah, to get
0: to Monaco, now he's at Istanbul Baskacashir. Interesting. Um, Freddie Cox before the war was another one. Steve Walford. If you, he went on loan to West Brom uh, yeah. at the end of his career. Jerry Armstrong. Jerry Armstrong, yeah. Graham Roberts and Tom Evans uh, in nineteen thirties, and then Martin Foolop, who was reserve at Spurs yeah. and played one game for Albion.
3: Oh my wasn't, it wasn't
1: his game for West Brom, it uh, was. the defeat against Arsenal, when we needed we needed you guys to get a result against Arsenal because we wanted to get in the top four and Fulop had an absolute stinker and chucked about three in.
2: You're absolutely right. Yes. Oh, yeah. So bad. So bad to now. I'm so sorry about that.
0: <laughs> three former Spurs players have been the manager of West Brom. Vic Buckingham in the 50s. and. Yeah. Ozzy Ardiles.
2: Ozzy is. Yeah, I loved him. And Martin Yoll. Oh Yo, yeah.
1: And Martin Ol. Yeah, there he was go. he was a player at West Brom, wasn't he,
2: Martin Young Oz, Yeah.
3: Good yeah.
1: knowledge. Yeah. Oh, I loved Martin Ol. He was such a brilliant really, manager.
2: A really nice manager. Yeah. yeah. You see, I he, he, the, sort of managers you really warm to. I mean, that's, there's a lot in that, isn't there? Ooh. You know, it's, I. So maybe fans and investors do have ultimately different goals, but a a manager you really like, I I loved everything about Billage, I was entirely happy, and would have been quite, personally, you know, relegation was always a likely scenario for West Brom this season, Uh, there just wasn't the money spent, really, and we had an okay team in the championship but we weren't even bossing the championship so it it, it never worked really without a massive upgrade but so I don't think any fans if we'd gone straight back down I don't think any fans would have minded that much Yeah, still in the helm
1: you always seem to get as well I feel like when sides come up of the three you'll get one team that go for it in the transfer market and spend 100 million and you'll get another side that say you know what we're going to try and stay up with what we're going to aim to finish 17th we're not going to spend a great deal. It's like if we go back down, we've sort of secured ourselves financially for the next decade. If we stay up, amazing. Um, but I wanted to ask you, Richard, because like, I always have this debate about styles of football. Um, and West Brom have been up and down a lot in the last sort of 10 to 15 years. Yeah, and um, I always have the debate, mainly with my brother, that I say I'd rather be a supporter where you're up and down a bit of a yo-yo side because at least there's, there's something different most seasons and it's like you'll have seasons where you're fighting for your life trying to stay up and the next year, you know, you're winning the majority of games. So, like, wh- where do you sit on that? Do you think it's, it's more enjoyable as a fan being that yo-yo side or would you rather be like a Burnley where it's just sort of like, it's not great but you're going to finish 14th every year but, but that's that's where that's where you're always going to finish until something uh, that changes? That's
2: a great question. It, it, there, there, is, there is something really weird um, that being in the championship actually is really enjoyable for West Brom are the spurs in that situation. You know, they're a team who expect to be, uh, the opposition expect to be in the top three or four and it's, it, you, you're, you're treated as one of the big, big teams that people fear and so on. Uh, so it's actually really nice, but you it's only nice because you think you might be promoted. And then mm. the moment you're promoted, it's terrible. <laughs> you get back down again. Yeah. like, um, was that, that that Greek guy who had to kind of roll the stone up to the top of the hill and it tumbles down again, kind of eternally damned for pushing this boulder up to the top of the mountain. Um, so on one level, it's it's extremely weird and frustrating to be caught in this endless loop. But on another, and I think you're hinting at it really well, Jack, it's just like hitting, no season is boring because we're never mm. we're, we're always going to go up or down. Maybe, you know, I, I cannot remember season where neither was likely yeah so just keep it in, you know given that we're never going to unless there's going to be a massive investor who, who is a game changer we're never going to be in never going to be really competing for the top of the premiership premier league but uh, it, 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 it's uh so, so that that does give drama to every yeah. season i'll give it that
1: yeah um and steve you've got a bit of a quiz for us to do
2: I have
0: uh, just talking about the championship. I w- very quickly did you because we've played Brentford and Wickham recently. Did you see the score from their game the other day? Brentford beat uh, Wickham
2: seven two. Seven two. Still a
1: good team, Brentford. Yeah, yeah. They lost a lot of players, Brentford as well, didn't they? In the, in the summer window, and they still seem to be doing pretty well. So it's like it seems like they've got a bit of a system set up there, where it's just sort of like they just can churn players out, and it's fine.
2: I, I yes. can't think of his name, but he's a really good manager, the Brentford one. Mm. I think he's yes. very, he's very um, forward-looking. I, I, did,
1: I did also see earlier, just um, on Championship stuff, that because Bournemouth didn't they last week sacked their manager and Jonathan Woodgate is now the caretaker manager, and Harry Redknapp's gone back as like a part-time coach, yes. <laughs> which I think is amazing. Absolutely <laughs> really amazing. Can't
0: keep him away. I have for us. A Tottenham-West Brom game. So I'm going to ask you for some of the West Brom players, uh, Richard, as well. In fact, I might give you one guess each to see where we get to. Okay. Um, it's from the 25th of August 2012, which I think is incredibly early in AVB's career at Spurs. Yeah. Maybe even his first game. Now, Richard, we were there together. It was 1-1. One, 1-1. One.
1: One, one. Was it a late, a late James Morrison equaliser? Yeah, what is wrong with you?
0: I'm, well, I don't
2: know what to say. <laughs>
0: no, I used to be able to do that, and then, then I had kids. <laughs> my plans <laughs> ruined. I just don't have a life, basically. So. But whats so. what I've got in my notes is that um, it was the first, I think it was the first home game. I think it was our first home game, and I think it was the first home game after Ledley retired. And it was there was a dedication to him at half time and obviously there was a lot of singing on twenty six minutes after his number. So that that's I, I my remember
1: note. the I remember this start of the season because we we drew this game and then I feel like four or five days later we drew it home to Norwich. Well it might have been the other way around. And they were both like late equalisers. I remember true. us starting the season with, with some really, really dodgy home draws. And it was both one one. I feel like maybe the Norwich one might have been we just signed Dembele maybe, and he come off the bench and scored, but that ended up being a draw. We just had a bit of a dodgy start to the season, if memory's correct.
0: Did not find it? I've got. Where are we? 25th of August 2012. I've got West Brom Norwich yeah. Snodgrass goal. There you go. And then I've got my next home game is Lazio in the Europa League, which was a nil-nil draw. Two one win against QPR, which was anyway it's
1: not, it's not a convincing start. That is it. <laughs> is no.
0: that? Uh, so we know Morrison's played. The goal went to dubious panels, so we'll get onto that. So I think we're playing a four two three one. Richard, I have no idea what you're playing. It looks like a four four two. So, uh, Jack, if you could guess a player, please. Twenty twelve, early well, A V B.
1: Um i start with goalkeeper, and it might, it might still have been Gomez at that point.
0: Maybe. Mm, no, 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 um, well, it might have been Brad Friedel then. It was Brad Friedel. Friedel, okay. I can give you clues as well, Richard.
2: Um, I, I my goalkeeper, I'm gonna guess, is Russell Holt.
0: No, it was an Englishman.
2: You're ben Foster,
0: he's Ben Foster, was it? Hey, yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, that, that um, okay. Um, that's that's a bad start.
1: No, no,
0: it's not a competition, it's just it's, <laughs>
1: we'll see if uh, we can get we'll see how many out of the twenty two we can get together.
0: Okay. Um,
3: um,
0: uh, Jonas Olsen. Jonas Olsen was there. Go on, let's do West Brom first. Jack you chime in as well. So we've got Jonas Olsen, Ben Foster. Um
1: maybe Gareth McCauley.
0: Gareth McCauley is there as well. Very yeah. good. Mm-hmm. That's so a got a t-
2: good very good um, pairing there. And very cheap as well <laughs> he's <laughs> he's score, score a lot of goals For
1: center half as well I mean, M- M- Macaulay used to get like seven, eight a season He used to be quite extraordinary We had two Scots uh, in the team 2012
0: Chris Brunt uh, I can't He didn't start okay. He was on the bench and he's not Scottish but good Graham try. Dorans Graham Dorans <laughs> is great. Um Yusuf Malimbo. Yusuf Malimbo was playing.
1: I didn't know he was Scottish.
0: <laughs> no, we also had... Where's the other one? So, Graham Doran's uh, James Morrison.
1: Oh, yeah, OK. More James Morrison.
0: We had an English um, defender slash midfielder as well, who I'm going to find some clues.
1: This, this would be a fullback, then, will it?
0: I'm just checking now. Uh
1: Liam Ridgewell? Liam Ridgewell, very oh, good.
2: Try to pitch for him, yeah, great,
1: yeah. He's he's done he's the so rounds for the Midland clubs, hasn't he? Isn't he played for like Birmingham Villa and West Brom? He's yeah. proper done the rounds up there. Um okay, so he would have been left back. Oh, who would have be, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get the West Brom right back from right Nine. Right back years. Irish.
0: Uh, he's currently part of the backroom staff at the Scotland team. He's from He says he's from Kingston. He's English, Irish. Play for Burnley as well. Stephen Reid. Stephen Reid.
1: What a shout. (laughs) (laughs) That is an incredible back four, isn't it? Reid, Macaulay, Olsen, Ridgewell. I mean,
2: (laughs) yeah, it's like a sort of uh, an old bit of. Teak furniture, isn't it? it is. Yeah, you know what you're getting out of that back 4 don't you? Yeah.
0: Now we've got an Argentinian who currently plays for Club Nacional de Football. He's really close to my age.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not Jakob.
0: Jakob. Claudio Jakob. Yeah, <laughs> great
2: player. Yeah, I really like
0: him. I think you've got everyone there, apart from the, the forwards. Foster, McCauley, Olsen, Reed, Ridgewell, Morrison, Malumbu, Jakob, yes. Dorans.
2: It's a decent team. Uh, now you've
0: got Frenchman.
2: Frenchman? Oh. Nelka.
0: Got... No. No.
2: Mm. Oh. Um... Oh. Yeah. 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 I know. Um, well, I don't because I'm
0: not saying. <laughs> He's a striker. He's played for Celtic as well.
2: Fortuné.
0: Fortuné. He was a big lad. He was. He was a big lad. And the next one is always tricky. Irish fella. Shane Long. Shane Long. Mm. Yeah.
1: Never scored goals, but was just he's an uncomfortable forward to play against, isn't he? Yeah. Like, he's just and always nipping
2: around. He was rapid. So I think if, if you did a kind of foot race, Liam Ridge Ridgewell and Shane um, Long, by the time Ridgewell went the length of the pitch, Shane Long would probably get back again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that whole back four is not, I mean, you wouldn't want that in a four by 100 relay. They'd still
0: be going now, wouldn't they? <laughs> I think we've got we can make a four by one hundred here that would be slower from ours. In fact, I I, I can guarantee it because we've got Friedel, who mm-hmm. was the slowest Who's man. Well no, okay, so left back, two uh, different Acericot- pairs of Then the centre back who would also be in the slowest four by one hundred ever at Tottenham. Uh, Nelson. No. Uh Gallas. Galas. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: like and then
0: the other one uh Beloved. It might have be been this first season at the club, maybe. Uh maybe the Tongan, yeah. God he was with us for a long time. Then a uh, right back, one of the stupidest players ever to play for Spurs. Uh it would have
1: been was it Walker at that point? Walker. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Then two deep playing
1: players. This deep. is a, if this is A V B it's probably something like Parker and Huddleston. No. But if it was two other players, it would be Livermore and the and Brazilian.
0: Paolini Al Sandro, Sandro. Oh, God, so mad! <laughs> and then you've got a attacking midfielder who you love. Uh, was it
2: Rafa? Yeah. What was Rafa Van der Vaart? Oh wow! Yeah, well,
0: yeah he's a good player, was not he? Yeah, he was oh, right. yeah, I
2: forgot about him. He was a fantastic player.
0: Uh, Gareth Bale, or oh, sorry, Gareth Bale on the left, and then on the right, he's a little bit. Um, was it Lennon? Lennon, and then up front the most um, selfish player to play for top. File? No. Jermaine I Defoe.
1: Defoe I mean there's a few there's a few good attacking players in there, granted, but I mean the sentiment folds. If I gave you a
0: four by one hundred, a Brad Fiedel, William Gallas, Raphael van der Vaart, and well, I guess I'd have to put Jake Livermore in there. That that is slow. Compared to Col Walker, Aaron Lennon, Gareth Bale, maybe Jermaine Defoe. Mm.
2: Yes. Yeah, there are there are two extremes. I reckon you
1: could say to Bale, you need to do an 800 meter, <laughs> and you'd take on the the 4 x 100 relay, and he would still probably beat. I think so. Now, tell me, who wouldn't want to see that? That would be brilliant, wouldn't it? It'd be
3: great.
0: I'd just do the benches. <laughs> so doing
2: something as well.
0: Yeah. We had um, so it was I can't remember the goal at all, but Asoukoto got given it on the dubious goals committee. Mm. But on the bench was Kudicini, Who we know I love Colker, Norton. Mm. James, Janus, Townsend, Sigurdsson, Adebayor, right. and then on the bench for West Brom, you had Boaz Myhill, Craig Dawson, Billy Jones, Chris Brunt, Salton Gira, Lukaku, Marcus Rosenberg. Mm. Chris Brunt, was, wasn't was he quite a good servant of yours? Wasn't he there for he ages?
2: Should, yeah, and, and much loved. I think he's gone now into kind of the back room now mm. and so on. Mm. No, he, he, a fantastic player, really good attitude. He He's one of the players that, got a bit of stick from the fans um, at certain points in his career but the moment he retired he was just sort of elevated to club legend you know unquestioned club legend status and all that is forgotten but fantastic um, set piece very good um, Mm. crosser of the ball and very um, intrepid player.
0: 13 years 382 games can't Mm. argue with that can you Yeah. yeah
1: good stint shall we talk very briefly um as they just around our fa cup tie
0: is yes, everton which
1: huge, huge game for us that i mean like it? you know i mean i know every game at this point in the season starts to become massive but you know we have to get through in that competition it's like you know the critics are out on Joe's at the moment and it's a case that he was brought in to win stuff like that was ultimately the rationale as to why we brought him in as manager so we have to get through that game. We, we really do have defeat there. And honestly, I've, Spurs Twitter will go into absolute meltdown Wednesday night if we lose that. But Everton are a bit of a strange team, though, aren't they? Because they just, they're just they coming off that brilliant comeback against Man United where they drew 3 all. They were 2-0 down, come back in that game. they got some good attacking players and some match winners. Yeah. Um, they beat us opening down the season, didn't they, at, at the lane? They beat us 1-0 with Calvert-Lewin. Lucky Henson. game,
0: yeah.
1: It's going to be a tough game, um, but it's one that we've we've got to get through like we just need to find a way of getting through that game and winning and getting through to the next round but it's not going to be easy
0: yeah um i mean these two games city as well i just i dread
1: thinking about what city are going to do to us we're um, so lucky that that league cup final got pushed back to april because the thought oh. of playing them at the moment is just God. <laughs> yeah. no thank you They're yeah. hammering everyone But everyone they're playing, they're beaten by at least three
0: goals.
2: Beautifully at the moment, yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: Phil Foden,
2: Phil Foden's second half performance was one (sighs) of the great Mm. um, sort of statements I've seen by a young player. Yeah. Really. I
0: I didn't realise just how delicate he, like delicate, how a a delicate touch he has. He's absolutely.
2: he He
1: can strike a ball can't he as well like he's technically mm-hmm. like he has no back lift
2: no back-lift, I back like,
1: it looks old. like he barely touches it and bang it's just like you're like oh, what, what a player
0: and yeah. after spending billions it's amazing to see someone come through from City I really like that because I was thinking the other day I'm trying I'm avoiding talking about the upcoming games because I think I don't, I don't think we're going to win either <laughs> but the do you remember the one they had the Poznan because they just copied someone from the Europa League like and they're just trying to create some history trying to create an identity and it it just it still seems weird to me that City are are still big and I just I'm waiting for that bubble to pop but I'm not looking forward to that game I think we'll only lose the City game 1-0 and I I think it will be a header I don't think it will be from like a Mares or a Gundogan, maybe it's a Gundogan game because he's unbelievable at he the just scores well. in every game
1: didn't he at the minute
0: just what what is going on there they just don't have any strikers and they just just win 4-1 <laughs> against Liverpool but Man. yeah Everton
1: I just I, I logically we can beat them but ugh. if you were looking at it from an emotionless point of view you'd say we've got better players than Everton in Everton pretty much every position so you'd fancy us to and it's a cup tie so you'd fancy us to win that game but Recent foreman this season, <laughs> who knows?
0: What like. I reckon we're going to beat Everton and we're going to lose against City,
1: and that I think that's going to be the way. I probably agree with that. I'm worried that we'll get hammered by like hammered by City because it feels like this season as well. Every team at some point is on the receiving end of a five nil. Like, a 5-0. like it, mm. it, it hasn't happened to us yet, but like it's happened to pretty much every big side. Like we beat United six one. Liverpool lost seven two at Villa. Like, these kind of scorelines are just happening this year.
0: We may be giving one to City. Who knows? There you
1: go. And um, to be fair, we are their bogey team, aren't we? So Actually,
0: I've got a horrible feeling. It's going to be a bit like that Liverpool game where we lost 2-1, where we're going to lose and it it was a bit unlucky. But really, if we played it 10 times, we would have 10 unlucky losses, you know? (sighs) (sighs) Never mind. Who have we got after
1: that? We'll see what happens. I, I don't. You know what I don't actually know who we have after. So i have not. I'm not looked that far ahead because you, uh, at the minute I feel like I can't. But it's just next game at the minute because you, you. Otherwise, you get we, too carried away. We're in the Europa League as well. Oh, it's the Europa League after that. It's
0: next Thursday. It's. So it the, return of on the okay. Yeah, and then West Ham. Oh. oh, that's the worst game. That is a horrible fixture. Yeah, Richard, who is there any game which you look like you just? It just fills you with dread that. You just hate the whole emotion or everything around it. Do you have that? Because I've we've got that with Chelsea and West Ham. Yeah,
2: I, 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 I feel it a bit with um, Villa, I guess. And there is obviously a bit of Derby thing, but I don't feel it at all. I, I quite like Wolves and I, I kind of, classically, you're not meant to. But I, 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 I quite like Wolves and I really don't like Villa. And there's been some really horrible, tetchy Villa games as well over mm. the years. And I... I in a rather childish way resent their current success and tell everyone Grealish is a show pony and all that, which is untrue, but it's my only way of sort of handling the situation that they're actually playing very nice football at the moment. So the prospect of playing Villa and losing badly is a horrible oh, yeah. yeah. yeah How did they,
0: how was they allowed to have like two weeks off to have a rest because of Corona? Uh-huh. That is a disgrace. I think that's really bad. Like you, you've got, an under-19 team, put them out. That That's your option or you f- forfeit the game. I, I think that was disgusting because they've come back I, remember, well,
1: I was going to say, do you remember with Villa as well last year when they had the VAR, the goal line technology decision that went that way because someone forgot to turn the technology on? Um, <laughs> the United, do you remember? And it was like, it was so far over the line and it was like, oh no, sorry, we forgot to turn it on before the game. It's like, what <laughs> can you do? <laughs>
0: that's like when you're playing football with your little brother and you're like, no, 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 practice.
1: I, yeah. started to watch, I started the right. watch. The job of that, the only job is to turn the technology on. That's all human needs to do. that's the rest? It's just that was mad last season. Yeah. Um. Do we have any other business? Oh, I'm officially Jose
0: out now. I, I'm fully on board. I know you're not. I am fully on board with Jose out. I get Eddie Howe in. Get Rafa Benitez in. Eddie Howe in. Yeah. Get Eddie Howe. I don't care. I don't care. I'm, I'm Jose out. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's an embarrassment. I
1: really like. I've never wanted us to win stuff more than now. Than after hearing you say that, because like, if we end up winning the trophy, I'm going to literally just. That's going to be my ringtone every <laughs> time you, know, you call.
0: I'm not sure this season's worth it if we do the double of the League Cup and the Europa League. I'm not sure it's worth it. 100 is. Uh, uh,
1: no way. I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice everything to the trophies this year. Like that's fine, we just we need it. And then it's like if I feel like if we do that, then fine. If we want to get him, then, yeah, if we wanna get rid of him and get that's fine. But we need we just need a uh, we need some silver. The Europa League would be massive for us because you're in the Champions League with that as well. So it's like that's a huge trophy.
0: I've been thinking recently I just don't even care about trophies anymore. They don't mean anything to me. I just want to enjoy football. I just want to enjoy watching football. Because so a trophy, day, I, I got myself thinking, like, what does actually a trophy mean to me as a fan? All it means is I, c- I can go into work and go, yeah, we won a trophy. I didn't win a trophy. I want to enjoy watching the football. That's all I want. So you want Tim Sherwood back? That's basically what you're saying. Never say that. Never, <laughs> never. I want Avb back, and he's he's free now. Leo, uh, Marseille let him go, didn't they? Because they bought a player in the
1: window that he didn't want. So, and he's a fan of the fan of the pod as well. Oh so. yeah, I'll send you that video, Richard. Um, yeah, so that's well, we, have to, we we got paid to say it, but still, I've 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 loved talking about West Brom with you today. Like it's been brilliant. Obviously, we talk about Spurs every single week, and it's great fun. But to like be able to focus on another club and like hear your experiences and all that, it's been. It's been absolutely brilliant. So thank you so much for joining us. It's been a
2: huge pleasure. I've I've, I've enormously enjoyed it. So thank you for having me on.
1: Pleasure. Uh, And we uh, we hope that West Brom managed to have an amazing fight back and and stay up. That would be fantastic as well. I would love
0: Leeds to go down and West Brom just there, but I can't (laughs) deal with Leeds. I hate Leeds.
3: Yeah, quite right. Uh,
1: And thank you to everybody for listening as well. Remember, whatever happens, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs.
3: I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of Pite Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion.
2: Well, they're the
1: finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world.
3: We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsmann. We are the collective gasp. The intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott, and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick, we are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net and those seconds that last. Forever. Van der Vaart to level
1: it up. Raphael Van der 2 2.
3: It's quite a game, isn't it? Always. We are Jennings, Defoe, and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blanche Flower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.